Hey friends, I'm super excited to share Bailey's testimony with you guys today. Um, I mean, who goes to Hawaii and says, let's make this a one-way ticket? Seriously? Uh, just so brave. It's super fun to just, every guest we have talks about full immersion. Like when God gives them something or they're excited about something, they just do it fully and uh, Bailey definitely is the kind of girl who says, if I'm going to jump, how far am I going to go as far as possible? And so it's really exciting to see um, how when she takes the initiative, she and her family, God is able to show up and really provide. And it's, it's the family taking that first step. And I think that's key to so many of the answers that we seek it's what step are you taking first? What curiosity are you following? What questions are you trying to answer? How are you seeking life? How are you opening doors and pursuing passions? You know, what's the last word that God gave you? Are you following that? And so there's always action to take. There's always movement that's going to create life and clarity. And so it's just really fun and it's exciting to see what God's willing to do when you make your priorities a reality, when you choose what you want and you start working to make that happen. And then God just aligns, you're aligning with the spirit of God. And then every piece is just guided and falls into place. It's really cool. And I know you're going to love this story. Hello, my wonderful friend. Welcome to freedom. Welcome to a space of belonging. This is the Ash and Ivy Show. My name is Riley, and I'm totally geeking out to be here with you. I am challenging you to know your identity, find God's voice in your story, and give your life as a gift to the world. You have a voice and a message that only you can give. So let's do the divine work and make God visible through our lives and be in awe of what life is all about. Hi, Bailey. Hey. <laughs> I'm super excited that I'm talking to you. It feels like I just saw you at the hospital. We worked together and now you're like on a different side of the by. world. Yeah, the years <laughs> went by quick. It's like, what in the world? <laughs> so I'm Bailey McCarley. I'm married to Stephen and we are um, both from Anderson, South Carolina. We've never lived anywhere else. That's our home place. Our family, friends, everything's pretty much there. We have four kids. Max is 13, Macy is 12, Mallory is 11, and Maverick is one. They're lots of fun. Thank <laughs> you. Um, so yeah, we um, were both born and raised in Anderson and held, still have careers in um, Anderson. And so we were married 16 years ago. We both grew up in Christian homes. And, um, but different. I grew up in a home full of girls, just sisters. And my husband grew up in a house full of boys. So, I mean, different, you know, <laughs> that's wild. Um, it is wild. And boys and girls are just different. They just are. And, um, so my home was quiet, you know, it is fairy tales and princesses and, um, <laughs> <laughs> quiet. I grew up going to a private Christian school. 
So for 13 years, that's, we went to, actually went to church where we went to school. So um, yeah, I was sheltered a little, <laughs> just a little, <laughs> um, but uh, Stephen actually went to school a mile down the road from me. He went to Westside High School. Um, he went to public school his whole life and didn't have any issues with that. Um, but we laughed because we were like so close and distance and just never knew each other. And um, a mutual friend connected us and we went on a blind date and that was it. We, um, I can't say love at first sight, but definitely lust at first sight. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, it was one of those, like, we saw each other and it was that instant, like, whoa. Um, yeah. I like you. You like me. This could be good kind of thing. But it was definitely not the best foundation for us at all. We were both in college. I was at North Greenville um, and he was at the Citadel. So it was probably good. A lot of our relationship was separate. Like we were long distance, but anyway. And so where are you now? Now we have moved thousands of miles away and live on the island of Oahu in Hawaii. And we have been here two months now. And it has definitely been life-changing. We've grown spiritually and emotionally and mentally in a lot of ways already. So we're super excited to, to see what God does in us and through us while we're here. Um, it took a lot to get here. We ended up actually just sold everything um, when we were trying to decide where we were. We, we knew we needed a life change. So um, we were deciding where to go and how are we going to make this happen? And um, do we ship all of our things? You know, we were like, no, like we need to be stripped of everything. And so we sold it all to move here. House, both cars. Um, and we came with 13, I think it was like 13 bags, like duffel bags and Tupperware bins. And that is all we brought. So we like totally started over and it's been a fun, exciting adventure. <laughs> For sure. Um, okay. Well, I just find myself random, not deep spiritual question at all. Just what is like something that you got there and went, mm, I really wish I hadn't. Is there anything that you just missed? Honestly, no. Um, wow. No, there's really not. And that's been a huge lesson for us. How value we place in our things and that just doesn't matter. Like my mom, she told me, cause we're both leaving soon to go on different um, trips. And I'm like, well, you know, we don't, we know our neighbors, hopefully they'll look after our house. And mom's like, well, the good thing is if they stole everything, it doesn't mean anything. I'm like, that is true. Nothing. <laughs> not attached, not attached. So it's a good yeah. place to be. It's definitely scary, but I feel like, is this like an act of obedience where you felt like God said you needed to strip yourself of everything? So there's a lot that goes into that question. Several things play into it. First of all, we had always had, you know, we're both planners. We're both firstborns. So we, you know, we plan, we list, we, that's how we both <laughs> And My husband and I are both firstborns too. Are you? Mm -hmm. It makes it really fun. So <laughs> I would, I'm not type A, he's type A, but we're definitely both firstborns and we like to have a plan. So our plan 
long range plan had been to move to the beach to buy a beach house. So financially, we made decisions to where one day we could do that. So we flipped two houses. We were being really smart, you know, trying to be smart with money. Part of it is it was a long range plan and it hit us one day, like, why are we going to wait till we retire? Like we kept hearing stories about people who waited till they retired to travel or waited till they retired to have adventure, you know, go on adventures or waited till they retired to do things. And it's like, why are we waiting? Because we're not guaranteed tomorrow, so much less retirement. And um, we're not guaranteed our health when we retire. So we just kept hearing stories about people who waited and then they didn't get, they didn't get to do it. They didn't get to experience it due to whatever reason, whether that be health, death, you know, like really sad things. So that kept, you know, we kept having that conversation, like, do we want to wait? Why are we going to wait? Um, so we had all, always planned to do that, to live at the beach at some point in our lives. And we both love the beach. So that was a factor. And then through COVID, we both were really convicted. COVID was bad, but it really showed us in our home how busy we were, like too busy. We were on the go all the time. We, I was working three jobs at times. He was working several jobs. So we were working like anywhere from four to five jobs between the two of us at all times, which is ridiculous. The kids had sports, you know, soccer and volleyball and all these things in school and then church. So we were very active in church, teach Sunday school. We were doing all the things and not, not bad things, not bad things, bad things, but we were too busy and COVID like really made us stop and like reevaluate like what are we doing like this is what we want we want this slow paced life that more simple life where you know we have more time at home more time as a family so that was a big factor that really like made us reevaluate yeah I remember COVID when we had to stay home and it it felt like my mind and my body couldn't grasp what was happening? Yeah. Like, like we're being forced so, to slow down. <laughs> yeah. I was so accustomed to this adrenaline stress filled life that I didn't know how I literally did not even know how to just be present mm-hmm. without thinking about the next thing or. Yeah. Was, and it was fun to see kind of how, what parts of our personality kind of came out in that place of rest. So I'm sure you're seeing yeah. that. What was that hard thing that prompted? Was there some kind of pain point or thing that shook you guys into a place of action? So what actually finally got us to the point where we were ready to move is we were teaching a newlywed class and we were working through like a Francis Chan video series. It was like the light bulb went off one Sunday. He was preaching a certain or um, doing the Sunday school lesson. And we both after church got in the car and we like looked at each other and we were like, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? Our priorities are whack. And our kids, like we're watching them grow so rapidly. Like Max will drive next year, you know, like things are happening quicker than we want them to. And so we both were like, we've got to make a change. Um, And at that point, it was, we don't know what that looks like. We don't know where we're going to go, what that change is going to look like, but we have to make a change. 
And so Stephen was ready to make a career change. He had been in a stable family business for, I guess, close to 20 years, doing very well financially. Um, And he was like, the first step is I've got to make a career change. So he stepped away from that. And that was a big deal for him to do. That was hard. Most men want to provide. So it was hard for him to step out of stability to this like, oh, no, what am I going to do now? Because he didn't know. He he still doesn't know. It's scary. So we talked about it. We're like, what do we do now? Like, what do we do next? And it will sell our house. So we put our house on the market. It sold within four days. It was a house that we had put eight years into flipping. So it, it had a lot of love and a lot of personal touches. We put a pool in. Um, I mean, it was hard. That was hard for us to do, um, especially for Steven, because he flipped it single-handedly. So um, we sold the house. God blessed that selling. We got more than we even thought we ever could have got. So that was like, okay, God, like, you know, we see your hand in this. And then the next step was figuring out what I'm going to do with my job. So I teach nursing full-time at Anderson and I love my job, the job that I've always wanted, the job I always dreamed of. And I did not want to leave my job. Like I wasn't at that place where I felt led to leave my job. He was there. I was not. So I just went to my boss one day and I'm like, look, I, we've got to make a life change. We have to, um, for several reasons, you know, is there any way I can keep my job? And she was like, yeah, like we support you. We'll make it happen. So being able to keep that stability, health insurance and all that was like, okay, God, like we see you again. And then the next you mean keep your job and move, keep it and move and move. Yeah. Yeah. And work remotely. I was like, okay, so household checks, you know, my job, we got it. We've at least have to keep that stability. So the next thing was, where are we going and how big are we going to get, you know, like, what are we going to do? How far are you going to (laughs) jump? What are we going to do? Um, so we looked at like, say in East coast, we looked at Florida and, you know, we talked about it, we prayed about it. And Steven's like, I just don't feel like we're going to get the lifestyle change that we really need. If we stay close, like we're going to fall back into money and keeping up with the Joneses and all the things that we found ourselves in. And we're not, we're going to even repeat the cycle. Mm, that's why we were supposed to come here on vacation and we ended up like another day looking at each other and like, why, why can't we make it a one-way ticket? Like, why can't we just go to Hawaii? Who asked that question? Which I, one don't, I think it was me. I'm pretty sure it was me. I was like, why don't we just do it? Like, let's just go all in. Like if we're making a change, let's just jump in. Let's just go. And both scared to death. Like, <laughs> I can just see that conversation with parents. He was like, well, kids. you think we could? And I was like, I know we can. Like, I know we can. Like, look at what we've already done. You've already left your job. Thank God we. I still have a job. <laughs> you know, um, the house is sold. Like, we don't have a house. And at that point, we had sold most of our stuff because, you know, we didn't want to move it anywhere. So we had sold everything. Like, we literally have nothing. Like, let's just go. So we met a really amazing realtor and this is not coincidence. This is a God thing. 
our realtor, we again connected over the internet. She has four kids. She does CrossFit. She's a believer. She teaches Bible study at our local church. And she totally poured into us as people before she was our realtor. Like she really cared about us and like what we wanted and what we wanted, you know, for our kids and our values. And so God placed her in our life, definitely like ordained. Um, so she has been a big piece of our puzzle too. And, um, we just love her. So, um, she was my first friend here is what I say, but so she became a a very valuable person to us. And, um, again, we saw God in that, like, it's not a coincidence that she's a believer and that she has all these things in common with us. Like I, as a believer, don't find that coincidental. I see God in it, you know? Mm-hmm. So we traveled here in October. We bought a house without seeing it. It needed a little work. We're not scared of a house that needs work. Um, honestly, didn't think we'd get a house in the market that the, I mean, the housing market's nuts and God opened the door. We, we got a house. Um, actually the day we closed in Anderson, we put an offer on this house and got it. Like it was another timing. God was in that. We were like, okay. Um, so we came to see the house and while we were here, we were like, Hey, let's buy a car while we're here. Cause we, when we bring all the kids back, we don't want to have to sit at a car dealership for, you know, hours buying a car. So we went to the car dealership and, picked a random dealership and I'm telling you like we go in we talk to the guy he's from South Carolina (laughs) and so he's become a really good friend to us lives in our neighborhood um again we saw God in that like this is not coincidence we see you um and one of my friends described as like a God hug like you feel him hugging you like okay I got you so we just saw his hand all in the process and it made it definitely not easy. It made it easier. It made it more yeah. fun. Um, well, what I hear you saying, like so many times, this wasn't just this spontaneous, wild, impulsive thing. No, this is not. something that, you know, this is a dream that was stirring in your heart. And then, so then you and your husband have set this vision. You've made your, you've spoken aloud. You've like confessed what you long for, and then aligned yourselves with the spirit of God. And then you just watch it unfold as he provides every single yes. detail. Yes. And, so and I mean, cool. it's been really incredible. God has guided every piece of this. And I mean, it's just been really cool. There have been people, most people are like, this is really cool. There have been people who were like, y'all are absolutely insane. Sure. Like, what are you doing? You're leaving this stable career where you make a lot of money and you're leaving your family and you're leaving your people and, you know, you're leaving all that. This is crazy. Like you're crazy. And, um, I mean, we've had people come across people like that and it's, it, it's hard, but deep down, we know we're doing what's right for our family. And, um, the family time that we've had since we've been here is like, we, we could not have got, I mean, the time that we've gotten to spend together and it's been incredible. And the first week we were here, one of our daughters was like, mama, 
I see why we moved here. She's like, because we're already closer because we spend so much time together. And I was like, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's the confirmation that's part of the story. Well, um, I've been following you and reading your post and you've referenced just the essential. I mean, you really felt like this has kind of saved parts of who you are in your marriage. And do you want to talk a little bit about that? Um, so, yeah, there's definitely a backstory. We have been married this year, 16 years. And I will have to say, like, the first nine years was absolute torture. <laughs> um <laughs> So again, we grew up in Christian homes, same town, you know, like, like very similar upbringings, but very different people, of course. Like, um, so we got married while I was in college, which is very young. And I personally had expectations of marriage, um, that were unrealistic. Like it was definitely like the Disney world expectations, (laughs) Part of it's because I grew up with sisters and our, you know, it was our environment was very different. Um, So I definitely did have some unrealistic expectations. And then he brought in a different, you know, he came from a different place and he, he basically did not know how to love me, how Christ loved the church. Like he had a really hard time with that. It was more of that controlling Um, you're going to do what I say, very hard hand. Um, He would say, I love you, but I didn't see it in his actions. And um, so it created a very toxic environment. So after nine years of being in this bad environment, I was done. Like, I'm like, I can't do this. Like, I can't, you're not treating me right. Um, I don't want divorce, but I can't, like, this is wrong. How, how our household is running is very wrong biblically. We go to church, we put the bows in the kid's hair, we throw the smile on, and it is fake as it can be because on the inside, I am dying. Um, and that's where I found myself, like, in the, in the darkest place that I've ever been, for sure. Like, I was contemplating suicide, which I don't, had never had feelings like that before. I'd never been depressed really before, but I found my place in a, I found myself in a place that was really dark, like um, depression. And at this point I had not sought out help. We, um, I kept it all in. I didn't tell anybody. I would call my sister when things got really bad, just to vent it out and talk to somebody, but she was young. She wasn't married. She had no idea how to help me except just to be a listening ear, but I didn't want to tell anybody because I didn't want it people to think bad or whatever, you know, why we don't tell people, I don't know. So I didn't tell anybody and um, we didn't go to counseling. Again, I was really young. I mean, to get married at 20 is really young. And um, I just, I felt like I was not equipped to handle the position I felt myself in. Like I didn't know how to handle him. He didn't know how to love me. And it was just really, really bad. Um, And the kids didn't want him around either. They were like, he's really mean. Like, I don't want dad around. Um, So they were being affected by our relationship. So I just, it was really dark. 
came home um, from working one night and I pretty much just told him like, this is wrong. We can't live like this anymore. And I've tried to express that in the way I know how it's not coming across. So I've got to leave. Like I got to take the kids like this is not right. And I didn't know how he would react. We never talked like that before. Um, again, it was suppress it all, suppress it all and just keep putting the fake smile on and keep going and keep going. And then eventually I, you know, I was a total mess. Um, but he was like, he actually cried for the first time in our marriage. And he was like, I don't want, I don't want divorce. I don't want to lose you, but I don't want to be like this either. Like, I don't know how to be anything different than what I've learned. So, I mean, we found just, we were in a weird place. Like I hated him. I really, I hated him. Um, I've never felt resentment and bitterness and hatred like that before. I was a miserable human being. (laughs) Well, it's so brave of you to tell us that. And I don't think that you are anywhere in near to alone in those feelings. And yeah, it's just so hard to bring two people together and, know how to communicate and be honest and be vulnerable. And, and then I think we like hold it all together because what do you do if it crumbles? What do yeah. you, how do you rebuild it? Well, nobody knows. Right. <laughs> what are people going to say? And we're not supposed to yeah. feel this way. We're not. Yeah. Supposed to. Yeah. And so it's like, well, maybe if I try harder or maybe if I'm nicer, maybe if I pray more, maybe if I like, and we try yeah, I heard those harder. things, you're not praying hard enough. Mm-hmm. Not what are you doing? You know, you're not being humble or you're not forgiving. Out. Yes. I had worn out my prayer closet. Like I'd worn it out. I did power the praying wife three times. I was going to church three times a week out. You know, we were doing the things and it's still like we were in this vicious cycle. And a lot of it was communication. A lot of it was tone and the way we talk to each other. And I, I did not have the confidence to be able to bring to him what I was being bothered with and then he was like you know he was being who he thought or what came naturally and you were too and that just doesn't work no it did not work (laughs) but it sounds like this moment of just honesty like raw ugly honesty is what brings it at least opens the door to freedom like it does like you have to admit you have a problem Yeah. And and that's a hard lesson to learn, but you have to admit I'm wrong. You're wrong. How are we going to fix this? You have to admit it first. And it takes both of you doing that. Yep. And he wanted to stay in the marriage just as much as I did. That was another important piece. Like he wanted it. If he hadn't wanted it, we would not be together. Right. Um, because I was just totally done, totally done. So we went to counseling and our counselor was so good. You know, I was going in like, fix him. I'm done with him. Like I'm done. Um, but our counselor was like, look, we can't fix your marriage. He's like, we're going to work on you as a man and you as a woman as individuals. And if your marriage lasts, that's great. He's like, but the last thing I want you to think about right now is fixing your marriage. You need to fix, you need to work on yourself. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay, you know, okay. So we said, so then you start rebuilding. Yes, we did. We had to rebuild our foundation. That was definitely not um, right when we got married. Um, so we spent two years 
rebuilding our relationship, working on um, how we treated each other, how we love each other, how we respond. Um, I was skeptical. I'm like, he's not like, this isn't real. He's just doing this to keep me around. And then it's going to go back to the old ways. And he was determined. He was like, I'm going to show you that I'm, I mean what I say. I want to be here. And um, it took a lot of work for me. Like I chose to love him. I did not love him. Um, and I would pray for that. Like, God, you're going to have to give me love back for him because I don't, don't touch me. Don't look at me. That's just where I was. So I'm praying for God to, to help me to love this man. He's praying, God, please help her to love me again. You know? <laughs> and, um, keep us together. So, and then he was working on himself. Um, but at one point for him, he said hit his biggest, um, aha moment. He was reading his Bible and this was before counseling. Um, he was reading his Bible one day and he said, it was like an audible voice. God was like, son, you're doing this wrong. Like you're doing this wrong. If you will give it to me, let me lead you. Let me guide you. I can, I can do big things, but you've got to give it up, give up your control. Cause he was trying to fix us. You know, he was trying to do it. Um, so at that point he lost, you know, he was totally broken. So we both had to break and find ourselves at this, in these states before God could heal us and put us back together. Um, so that was right before we went to counseling and, and, um, so he told me that later at a different time. So I'll, you know, I love to hear him talk about it, but God's done a lot in both of us. It took us, like I said, two years to rebuild and um, probably more three years. Like we saw total restoration. Like not only did God rebuild our marriage, but like to a better state and um, to a place that we both look at each other now and we're like, you know, I really like you. <laughs> I really like you and you like me too. And it's really nice. Um, so it's fun. Like it's, it's fun. It's that we're in a good place. We're not perfect at all. We still have work to do. Um, but we have seen God's hand and we've seen what just being faithful when things are really bad, um, just being faithful in your relationship with God and seeking God, um, even when you don't understand or when things are really bad you know, keep seeking him. Um, and in the end, you know, the verse, um, that would come to my mind all the time is that joy will come in the morning. So I would, you know, cry myself to sleep. I would find myself in these situations where they, it seemed just completely out of my hands, you know, like mm -hmm. really awful. And God always was so good to bring scripture or a song, but often it was joy's going to come in the morning. Joy's going to come in the morning. Just keep persevering, keep doing what you know is right. Keep being faithful to me and it will come. It will come. So it's exciting on this end because we're in the state of joy. You know, we found it like we persevered. It was horrible. Um, but we're in a place of joy. So we look at like this Hawaii move as like, the cherry on top of the milkshake, you know, like, <laughs> like it's just amazing that we're even here, that we like each other and we love each other and our family is still intact. And so we've definitely seen God in our marriage. He restored that. And then to a greater, a greater place than we ever could imagine. So 
And then also in this new place, you've had a baby, right? Yes. Which is another <laughs> like God thing. Like Stephen was like, not, we're done. We're done. We're done. We're done. Well, deep in my heart, you know, God, he knew my desires. I always wanted four kids. Like I just wanted, like, that was the number I wanted. I don't know how to explain it. Like, I'm like, I know exactly how you feel. I just feel that way. So I had the first one, had the second one, had the third one, and they were so close. I stayed at home during those years, um, which is why they're so close in age. I just kept having babies. And um, I'm like, you know what? Let's take a little break. I did. I'm like, let's take a break. But I'm I'm telling you, like, we're not done. Like, I don't feel done. Like, my body, <laughs> my heart, I just don't feel done. And um, but our marriage got to be so bad you know, I'm like, I don't even want him to touch me much less another baby. So I let that dream go. I'll never have another kid. I don't even like you. Like, I didn't think that would ever happen. And then once our marriage was restored, you know, it took time for all that to happen. Um, we were like, I, you know, when I fell back in love with him and he fell in love with me again, we were like, what do you think about having another baby? And he, his heart was totally changed from no more kids that is not in my plan to, you know what? God has blessed us. Let's do it. So we had Maverick, which is another, like if Hawaii's the cherry, Maverick's the whipped cream, or maybe Maverick's the cherry. Like we look at him all the time and we're like, he is a picture of what God has done in our home. Oh God. Now I'm crying. Really? Like (laughs) he is so fun. And like, I'll tell Stephen all the time, like, look at, and I'm going to cry too. Like, look at what, when you just come <laughs> to God and like truly seek him, like he has blessings in store for us more than we ever can even imagine, you know? So for him to give me the, the fourth kid or give us the house in Hawaii, like I never like 10 years ago, I thought we were over and done, you know, like we're done. I wanted to die. Like it was really bad. So to find ourselves in this place, like I say, we're living in the overflow. Um, but it's all because of faithfulness and, um, that constantly seeking after him and he will bless you. Like our, family versus Ephesians 3.20 and it's, he will do abundantly more than you can ever imagine. Like more than I plan for myself, he will do more. So um, that's kind of where we have found ourselves in the last year is just looking at God's hand in our lives and how amazing he is. Um, and it's not the same for everybody. You know, Everybody doesn't want four kids or doesn't want a house on the beach. Um, It could be small things. It could be a career. It could be the ability to stay at home with kids. It could be um, so many things. His blessings look different for everybody, but that's how we got here. Um, We're excited to be here. He's still working on us and we're just excited to share what he's done in our home, you know, what he's done in our marriage because he can do great, great things. Yeah. That's super powerful message. The move itself and the baby and all of that is just such a pure, beautiful reflection of healing and just, it really shows growth and blessings and it's just absolutely stunning. 
has this move like reintroduced you or introduced you into a new level of who God is and what he looks like and what he wants for us as his children? And yeah, so there's several ways like, well, the biggest lessons that we've learned is, first of all, I think I've hit on this, but like the materialistic side of ourselves. It's crazy. And the church that we found here, he's actually been preaching on the rich man in Luke. And um, so that's hit us, you know, right in between the eyes. Like, this is what we just came out of. We've shifted our priorities from materialism to, you know, it's God first. And although we put God first, you know, we felt like we did our whole lives. We do do that. We do. But do we really? And again, to be stripped away of all your material possessions was a very strange feeling, but a very freeing feeling. And again, like showed us how little we really need. Like we really don't need, we really don't need a lot. We have God, we have each other. Um, Our basic needs are met. After that, things are meaningless, like truly meaningless. Whether it was my grandma's antique cup or you know, pictures, whatever it is, they're all meaningless and we can't take them with us when we go. So the biggest lesson or one big is how little we actually need and how materialistic minded we are and trying to reset that with our kids because we were guilty of giving our kids everything. You know, you want that? Let's get it. We could afford it. Let's get it. Um, here it's been different. Like the kids are like, yeah, we can't eat out every, every day like we did at home, <laughs> you know, in Anderson. No, we don't have money to do that. So we've had to shift our thoughts on what's important. And then the second thing is, like when I say I thought I had faith, like, you know, unshakable faith, but to like move away and never been away from my family, my parents, my friends, my, you know, my community um, is definitely strengthened my faith in ways already that I have it's a place I've never been because I don't have I don't have those things to lean on it's seriously me and God (laughs) like you know like you're and and it's forced me I hate to even say that I mean it's forced me to lean on him more because I don't have people to run to you know we do have phones and we have technology and we can keep in touch but it's not the same as being in someone's presence, you know, so not having mom and dad to hug on and not having sisters to cry to, you know, in real life has been hard. Um, So that just growing of our faith has already, we've already seen that happening. And um, also another big thing is it's forced us to be more bold in our faith. We are not, like you said, we're not in Anderson. We're not in the Bible belt and it's, it's evident. I mean, people need Jesus and they need him bad, badly. And so it's forced all of us, even my kids who have been in a private Christian school their whole entire lives, or they're now in public school. The first few weeks was like, whoa, like, what are, what are we doing? But now they're like asking people to church and they're witnessing to people and they've been forced out of their comfort zones too. So just having to step out of our comfort zone. And like you were, we were talking about church earlier and how you were saying you went from where do you go to church to do you go to church? It's even like, what do you believe? Like, because we've had Jehovah's Witness come to our door. There's a big Mormon population here. So it's definitely forced us to 
um, really know what we believe, why we believe it, and stand on that and be courageous in sharing that. Um, and I've learned that I'm really not that courageous on the inside. <laughs> like, I really need Jesus because I'm not that courageous. Um, so that's- I think you're showing giant courage, <laughs> giant courage. Yeah. Um, and all, I mean, you share with such grace and or I have a feeling that these bold moves just build up this passion in you that you like, it just overflows out of you to tell about what God has done. Yeah. What he's doing now. Sure. And, and even people here, like our little neighbor, we've had opportunities to share and I'll go over there and I'm like, Miss Joyce, like, you know, how are you? Where'd you come from? You know, we get into this conversation and she's like, I just cannot believe that y'all moved here. Like, <laughs> why you know and it opens the door for opportunities to share like we didn't move here for the military we didn't you know a lot of people are like are you military and we're like no we're not um but we can't share with people without sharing what God's done so every conversation is God allowed us to do this he opened all the doors we're excited you know so that's yeah. really fun. Well, of all the islands to strand yourselves on. No. I mean, you're suffering. <laughs> suffering. <laughs> um, so anyway. Oh, that's really, really cool. Well, we definitely, I'm sure everyone is wondering, like, just practical things. Like, I mean, you described how you got the house and you got the car. You've made some friends with just people, but you found a church. Yeah, how, we visited how- several churches. Um, just around the area churches here are not definitely I mean we're not going to find a church like we have at home with 1200 people or 2000 like you're not going to find that they're smaller um, smaller churches they may not have Baptist on the sign you know because we're used to like Baptist or Pentecostal or whatever that's not you're not going to find that it's Harbor West or Makakilo or whatever is what's on the sign so you have to go and and try it out and explore it yeah, so and just um, trust the Holy Spirit to trust in him. Um, we ended up, we've been going to the church our realtor goes to. So she invited us. And because we knew her and um, we had met some other friends of hers, we, you know, we went and tried that out. So the, that's where we have been going. Um, so, yeah. And other practical things like everybody's like, well, how do you um, get groceries or whatever? <laughs> Um, I mean, we have Costco and Target and like normal, normal places. So, okay. How does um, your Southern accent work out in Hawaii? <laughs> um, so Steven's like, can you try not to speak so Southern? And I'm like, <laughs> like is it that bad? Um, but it's okay. It just opens doors. I'm like, yeah, we're from South Carolina. You know, <laughs> it's been fun. That's so fun. That's so fun. Well, what's your favorite thing to do there? What are you guys having so much fun doing? Um, I have found my favorite things. I mean, we've done some hiking. We've done, you know, been to lots of beaches and we've done some things, but my favorite days by far are just packing everything, going to the beach. We take a grill, we grill our lunch on the beach. That's a big thing here is beach camping. So you can actually take a tent and sleep on the beach, but um, just going and staying all day, you know, and taking the grill and um, usually friends are going to come. That's a big thing is community and family. So one reason why we did choose this island 
was because there is a huge um, emphasis, family, and spending time with family. Like that is big. Um, so, yeah. And have you seen your kids just come together and rely on each other? I mean, yeah, they still have their fighting like cats and dog moments, but um, they're playing together. They're playing games and um, we don't have an excess of stuff. So they're actually using what we have, you know, they're playing the games that we have and playing with the toys that we have. So um, that's been good. And it's shown me and Steven, like, what have we created? Like, they don't ever need that amount of stuff again because they didn't use half their stuff because they had too much. Yeah, that's been cool to, to see them bond together. They do do more together and um, we have more time, just time. Yeah, it's also beautiful. It's really cool. So do you feel like the longings of your heart? I mean, it sounds like all your dreams have come true, <laughs> but <laughs> I'd imagine, I mean, what, do, what are the stirrings of your heart now? How do you want to use all of this and where do you want to go in the future? Um, we honestly have no plans. Mm-hmm. So that's, it's not scary, but it is like, what, what is our long range plan? Like, we don't have a plan. We don't know if we'll be here two years, three years, five years, 10 years. We don't know if God will call us somewhere else. Um, Cause this, my heart deep down is mission work. Like I want to do medical missions. Um, I've done trips in the past, like short term, but I, that's my heart. So I'm trying to, um, I'm actively looking for a place where I can serve here and use my nurse practitioner degree um, here in like a volunteer type way. Um, So just praying for opportunities to share him, to use our talents for him is kind of what's in my heart now. It's just now that we're sort of settled, we've kind of got a lay of the land and, you know, we're not, we're still new, but um, just opportunities to share and opportunities to use the gifts he's given us for, you know, for good. So, yeah, well, you've shared beautifully today. I am super excited to share your story with everyone. And um, it's going to be really neat to be able to give others life through your story. So thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. Where can everybody find you? Uh, we, okay. So this was a weird thing too. We had no social media. Like we were those people, like we, we didn't really have time for social media. And because everybody was in the same town, like family and everybody, like we just didn't need it. Like we saw it family all the time. Um, so when we moved here, of course, everybody was like, you cannot move that far away and not have social media. Like you have to have it. So now we have everything and I'm like, how do you juggle all this? I can't even work it half the time, but we do. (laughs) We have a Facebook account, um, Stephen and Bailey McCarley. And then we have Instagram, YouTube, and we just created a TikTok, which is, I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, and it's living Aloha 808. So 808 is the area code in Hawaii. Okay. That's fun. Yeah. It's exciting. All right. Well, we'll find you and we appreciate you so, so much. Well, thank you. I hope you have a wonderful afternoon. Thank you for having me.